everyone, this is Hey Eric, Eric Gardner, and I'm here with Kathy Castle, uh, a lender I work with quite often, who is my preferred lender. Um, this is episode 25 of the Hey Eric podcast. So I've probably known Kathy for five years. Um, we've worked together since I started real estate. Um, we've done a lot of other projects together, rentals and, and lots of other things. Um, she's been a lender for, I'll let her mention that, but she, a lot of people who watch this podcast or listen to it probably have worked with Kathy. <laughs> Let's be honest. So Kathy, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? I'm Kathy Castle and I'm at Security National Mortgage. I've been doing lending for 17 years, long, long time. Wait, so you've been through how many recessions? Um, well, there's always some kind of recession going on, I feel like, every few years, but I've been probably through three different recessions. And not to bring up the R word too early, but, <laughs> but honestly, you're, you're right. There are bit, there's, it seems like a recession every couple of years. Some are more dramatic or they get more press because we know at the beginning of COVID, there was a recession. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, but right now, you know, all eyes are on the Federal Reserve, uh, you know, pricing and uh, inflation. And that's the biggest concern right now with, with the economy. Yeah, um, inflation numbers came out today and they went down. So it's totally helping us in pricing um, and interest rates are going down, which is amazing. We want that to happen to help stimulate the housing market here. Um, um, I Tomorrow is the big meeting with the Federal Reserve on deciding if they're going to increase the federal fund rate by 50 or 75 basis points. It's predicted um, that it will be 50 basis points. Yeah, and that's will not make interest rates go up. Yeah, it's okay, a that's good. Rate. Yeah, and and if anyone's been watching these this channel before, we always talk about how the Fed controls the Fed funds rate, which kind of trickles into mortgage rates, kind of doesn't. It just trickles into the banking system, and then you know mortgage lenders and investors who buy those notes, they kind of price loans where they see future risk, and and, and things like that. That's right. That's right. It doesn't, um, the last increase affected rates a little bit, but the one before didn't do anything to it, you know, and the one before that lowered interest rates. So it's, it doesn't really affect us a lot, but people always assume by increasing by 50 or 75 basis points, it affects your interest rate and not, it doesn't always do that. Um, when we see inflation numbers go down, interest rates go down um, and that totally helps us and they're predicting at the by the end of next year interest rates will be in in the low fives which is awesome you know, yeah like yeah i really think before covid where were rates at i, I think they were probably in the in high the twos two. five twos yeah high high twos i would say two, i mean two and a half two point seven five Wait, which is pre, phenomenal. Pre-COVID or? Oh, pre-COVID, I would say high threes. High threes, fours. High threes, fours. You know, um, I think a good stable interest rate is going to be between four, between the fours and the fives. It's not realistic for rates to be in the, in the twos and high twos and low threes. That was just because we were in a world crisis. We were in a pandemic. Um, and now it's an epidemic and it's part of the normal now, you know, COVID and stuff like that. Unfortunately, I hate saying that, but kind of like the flu, it's part of the normal. Yeah. Um, so because the world didn't know what was going on, the economy took a dump and that's what helped interest rates go down. But 
unless something happens like that again, which we hope that won't ever happen, and rates won't be that low again. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. And like right now, as, as we've been going through, you know, we talk weekly, even mm-hmm. daily sometimes, um, you know, they've crept up depending on where the fear and uncertainty is in the market. And then they, they drop when we have good news, they go up when we have bad news, but it's a, it's a daily thing. And, and, you know, you and I are working with a few clients, mutual clients right now. And I actually texted one of them just an hour ago saying, this is when you check in with, with Kathy every day, mm-hmm. you want to lock your rate on the right day. That's right. Rates are bipolar. They go up and down every single day, I feel like, you know. That's the first thing I do, unfortunately, every morning. I don't check on my kids. I look at mortgage news and my phone and see what's going on in the market to see if I'm going to have a good day or a bad day, you know. Um, That's just how it is, unfortunately, right now with the volatility in the market. Um, But I feel like going into next year and the end of next year, rates will stabilize and will be in the fours and fives and um, low fives, high fours around there. And that will be a good stable rate for, for the economy. Yeah. So I had a question for you and, and a lot of people probably don't understand this, but when, when you're shopping for a house and I, I just mentioned locking your interest rate, can, can you deep dive into that a little bit more? Like say, mm-hmm. say someone has an offer out, maybe it's accepted. Yeah. Like there's tons of ways to lock. You can do a, if you're buying a house and you want to, do a, a future lock, you can. Um, but if rates go down more than 100 basis points, then you we have to, as a lender, renegotiate our rate with the investor to lower that rate down. And that happened a couple of weeks ago, or last month, I should say, when we lost close to 200 basis points. And rates just took a dump, and which was awesome. I got most of my clients renegotiated down almost... 0.375 to 0.5 in rate, which was great for them and their payment. And none of them knew it until we got to closing. So it was a big surprise for them. It was an awesome gift for them too, you know, and they just love that, you know. Yeah, that's it's super powerful. Like, you know, knowing when to lock your rate, because typically an escrow period is 30 days long. Mm-hmm. So if you get it under contract on, let's say, January 1st, and you're going to close January 30th, you don't have to, you don't have to lock on the thirty on day one. On day one, excuse me. Yeah, you can lock on day ten, day fifteen. Eventually, you need to do it. Yes. But depending on where the news cycles are at, if you know certain positive numbers, that's are that's happen. the importance of listening to the news. You know, um, and of of interest rates. You know, I had a client. I just closed him yesterday, and they're like, "Well, what do you think?" And I go, "It's risky to not lock your loan." But there is news coming out that rates might go down. And so I'm telling you that now this is your rate at 6.625. This was 30 days ago. And then she's like, well, what do you think? And I'm like, well, I think we should float. That's what what they're telling me to say. That's what we should do. And then we waited up until two weeks ago and I got them down to 6.125 which is huge, Wow! you know, just by listening to the news and communicating with my clients um, and just letting them know, like, we should lock in your loan. And then the next day she goes, well, I'm curious, did we, did we do good? And I'm like, yeah, it went up, it went up 40 basis points that next day. So I was super thankful that, um, 
that was locked in that day because I was kind of freaking out the next day. But she was curious. Curiosity kills the cat. She wanted to know if it was any lower, you know. Yeah. But um, they were super stoked with them too. Um, and lots of clients right now because it's an opportunity right now to get deals on houses. Um, we got we did a two one buy down. So for the first year, their interest rate was at four point one two five, which saved their payment. Their loan amount was four hundred and five thousand, which saved their payment four hundred and ninety seven dollars per month for twelve months. The second year went to five point one two five, and it half set out, and it saved them like two hundred and ninety bucks a month. Um, but it's so worth it right now because sellers are sellers have to pay for this, yeah. you know, and the sellers paid for that and all their closing costs. So their payment ended up being like 2,200 bucks for the first year and which was amazing for them. And they were super stoked on that because it's predicted that rates will go down. And so at that time, when they go down, we will regroup and refinance them. What we, if we don't use that complete buy down, because that buy down on that loan amount is about $9,000 of what the seller is paying. The difference we get a payoff on that and goes towards your refinance closing costs, which is awesome. So that it doesn't go to waste. That's cool. So the seller prepays $9,000 about mm-hmm. to buy down your rate for 2% the first year, 1% the second year. Mm-hmm. And then when rates dip, in the future, maybe next next yeah, fall year or the year after, then we refinance him. And if we don't use that difference, it goes towards your refinance. So that, that money doesn't go to waste, which is awesome. That is awesome. Um, and just taking advantage of being able to get sellers to pay for this right now, because last year, no way, Jose. You yeah. know, there's no way sellers will pay for anything. You're paying everything 10, 20, 30. I had one at $100,000 over asking price. You know, um, and so it averages out when you're paying that much over where your payment is. Yeah. And with some of those transactions that I saw, people were guaranteeing money over appraisal also. So if it didn't appraise then that buyer had to come up with that difference of, say, $20,000 or Mm $10,000, whatever it was. Yeah. And so when you average that out now and you look at the numbers where rates are today and what it was last year and you're paying that amount over, it almost averages out to what their payment would be today. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I, I advise a lot of people. It's like, don't try and time a market, you know, buy and sell when, when you need to, because mm-hmm. if you wait until rates are low, you're going to be waiting another year. Maybe if you wait until prices are low, who knows when that's going to be. But if, if you have a good team behind you where you use some of these strategies and you, let's say you buy today, then, you know, and we, you stay in touch with your agent and your lender, they can help navigate the next year and you can take advantage of future opportunities while also having your house, where you're paying down your own principal, getting your own appreciation. Yeah, you're building your own equity. There's still so much appreciation right now. It's crazy. Um, and so you're building your own equity. You're not paying someone else's rent. And um, it's, it's just, I, right now, I think it's a better time to buy than than, la- than last year when the rates were at 3%, you know, 2.875, just because you have opportunities. Yeah. And, and guess what? In winter and especially times like this where there's fear in the market, the people who have their houses listed are motivated. The people, the people shopping for houses, the buyers are motivated. So mm-hmm. they want to make a deal happen because they're moving out of state. They have a reason to move. Last year when rates were just, when money was almost free, people were just moving just because, because money That's was so right. cheap. 
They're like, I might as well upgrade or I might as well move laterally. So they did that. And that's what created all this crazy competition. Yeah, where there was no houses on the market. Sometimes people were just settling for a house, you know, because they were getting, making so much on their house, you know. So yeah, um, I feel like winter is the best time to buy as well. No one wants to move in the winter. Lord knows I don't, yeah. <laughs> you know, but you get people, sellers are motivated and the people that are looking right now are more, are motivated too, to get a good deal. Yeah. So along those, let's, I, I want to mention, you know, every month I usually do a market update where I talk about how many active units are on because mm -hmm. last January, the Wasatch Front or the Utah MLS was actually floating around. Yeah. 1500, sometimes 1200. Um, so I, and I always look at that number. So right now, as of today, which it's uh, December 13th, available on the Utah MLS is 8,920. Oh, so it's, it's gone down? It, it has gone down. Last mm -hmm. month, it was about 10,000. Yeah. And before that, it was 10,084. So it's it's trickled down. And I think that's partly because, you know, people, there's more transactions happening. Mm -hmm. Because His rates you know, have gone down. Rates have dipped. From the uh, sevens to the sixes. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then also, there has been some seller fatigue. I've seen that with, with oh, people. Oh, for sure. Like when last last year, everyone was saying, oh, it's off the market in three days and I'm having to wait 30 or 60. Last, last month, days on market was 35. That's median along the Wasatch Front. Now it's probably closer to 45, I bet. So sellers get fatigued. They don't like showing their house. It's a lot of work, if, especially if you have a family or dogs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So listings as they sit, people take them off. So as a buyer, you can take advantage of that because the seller wants to get it done. And as a seller deal, um, I had a closing um, last week with a cute couple. It's their first house and the house was listed at 460. The appraisal came in at 463 and they got it for 415 and they paid for the, the entire two one buy down on top of that. Holy so cow. You can get deals out there if days on market is longer and yeah. the house was empty and the, the seller lived in health i mean in washington so she was pretty motivated yeah you know, she didn't want to pay that mortgage payment again but that client got you know 10 percent in equity right off the bat which was amazing yeah this is why you should buy right now you know and then we did the two one buy down and so their payment difference was like 480 a month and then um and they got they just moved in this weekend. They've been texting me all excited. And then we're refinancing in a year, you know, a year, year and a half, which is great. Yeah. And then they'll get that refund of the two one buy down to help mm -hmm. with those costs. It's yeah, it's really cool. Well, I right, so we, we talked about some of those, you know, days on market units for sale. We talked a little bit about two one buy downs. What you know, we I always mention this like to, to my clients, friends, family who are looking, it's like before you, you know, start looking at houses online, because that's the sexy, fun part of, of house mm -hmm. buying. I always, I always say, talk to a good lender, because mm -hmm. that's the uncomfortable part. You know, you got to you got to give them financials to some extent. I don't know why people are afraid of lenders. Once they talk to me, they're like, well, that was easy. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't want to find their tax returns or their WTs. <laughs> yeah, it could be that. I always tell people you're um, this is the hardest part of the loan is getting me the documentation. Yeah, you know, your W-2s, your pay stubs, your tax returns, you know, so I can dial in what you qualify for so I can get your verification of employment so you can go out looking and stuff, you know, 
that is the actual hardest part of the loan with me because I require you to do that upfront. Not all lenders do, but I've learned from the past that you should do this, getting your verifications because some some people say they work 40 hours a week and I get a pay stub that's 35 hours. That lowers the pre-call amount. You know, yeah. So that's why it's important for me to get those documentations. But I joke around with clients. I love working with clients. My clients are for life. You know, I have tons of repeat business that I've been, because I've been doing this a thousand years, you know, um, and, uh, but yeah, I think that is actually the hardest part of anyone is getting the documentation. Yeah. And when I talk to some clients, they're always like, what's my rate? What can I, what, what there, it's always rate first mm-hmm. and that's because it's in the news all the time. Um, and then it's like, well, that sounds expensive, but most people you're buying houses based on monthly cash flow. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's yeah, a your mortgage is the highest payment every month. You need to be comfortable with it. For yeah. Sure. And, and so there's a lot of there's a lot of variables that go into what that payment is, what you can qualify for credit mm-hmm. score, you know, the verification you mentioned, how many how much income you're bringing in. Um, so so do you have like a you know, there's no clear answer to when someone says, what can I afford? What do you kind of tell people when when they ask that? Like if if they haven't given you a ton of information, um, I say you know, we go off a of gross income. We minus out the debts. Um, so car payments, student loan payments. Um, student loans cannot be in the CARES Act. They have to be in a payment arrangement. Um, uh, other mortgages, if they're buying a different house, um, um, credit card debt, not not debts like like your utility bill or your cell phone bill and things like that. And then you minus that out of your gross income, and then you times that by 45% if it's a conventional loan or 56% if it's a if it's an FHA loan. And it all depends on if they have down payment, too. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a loaded question, I tell people. But if they want a roundabout estimate, that's what their, their mortgage payment should be. So set that 45%. 45%. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, of gross income, because you know you live off net income, mm-hmm. you know. And so, and then once you figure that out, what your gross and your after your after your expenses is, then you'll be like, can I afford that payment? You know. And then I like I told a client the other day, because they're paying you know fourteen hundred a month in rent. There's not going to be a mortgage for fourteen hundred, you know. And so, are are you going to be comfortable with twenty five hundred? And yeah, I think so. I want you to put away a thousand dollars a month in a different account. Right when you're paying your rent, so you're comfortable with that. So then going into buying a house next month, you're like, I could do it, you know, and you're not just living on mac and cheese, you know, or spaghetti for one week in a row, you know, like you can do it if you budget. And I always tell people, go through your, I do this every year, your credit card statements, your your checking account and see what you're spending on. I realized this year I had two gym payments. I, I was paying money for two stupid gyms. Have I gone to the gym? No, I haven't. But, but I mean, those kinds of things that you should budget and look at your your bills. You don't, you never realize how much money you expend. Yeah. I mean, I told myself this year I'm not going to DoorDash twice a, twice a week. I, I mean, DoorDashing once a week. You know, putting yourself on a budget. Yeah. You know, um, is really important when you buy a house because it is a higher payment. You know, but it's so worth it to build your own equity and build your worth. Home is the only thing you buy, you make money on. Everything else depreciates. Yeah. So along with that uh, budgeting thing, so when COVID first started and we were all shut down in Mm -hmm. our houses, 
I actually, I, I, had a, I have a whiteboard at my house and I wrote down every monthly expense we had, the name mm -hmm. of it. So like internet, you know, cable, oh. Netflix and how much it was. And Ann and I, we went through and we started crossing out things. What you need and what you don't need. Yeah. It's like, yeah. do you need Netflix? No, that's 17 bucks a month or whatever it is. I need Netflix. <laughs> yeah. You need Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Need. But do I really need it? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So that, and I recommend people, like you said, do that once a year because mm -hmm. it's crazy how often you subscribe for something like Disney plus I signed up for that to watch Ted Lasso mm -hmm. and one other show. And then and I then canceled, you cancel it. <laughs> and then I, and then I did cancel it. Oh, good, good. Because, well, it probably took me an extra month or two to be like, we haven't watched that for, we haven't used that streaming service for a couple months. Let's just mm -hmm. cancel it. Save the five to 10 bucks a month. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just, it's a good practice to have in your it life. It is a good practice. I do it every year and every year I find something ridiculous, but this year I did it in January because my coach told me to do it. And, um, and I ended up saving like over five, it was like 540 bucks a month in mm -hmm. debt that I'm spending in a month in stupid, ridiculous things. Yeah. yeah. So, but it is important. And those are the things that you can do to help you have a good payment, a higher payment is budgeting correctly, not eating out as much, um, packing your food for lunch at work if you go into the office. You know, just this, the little things like that, that start saving you money to, so you can afford a payment. Yeah. Um, and just remember, like, like the two and buy down, instead of having 2500 it's going to be a 2200 payment. So that's going to help you out, too, you know, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. So transitioning a little bit. So I know you've also helped a few of my clients, you know, whether it's established or improved credit slightly, mm -hmm. you know, working with a lender, you don't necessarily need to do it right. Like it's, it's good to start earlier than to start later. Like you don't want to find your dream house and then have to talk to a lender because mm -hmm. a lenders and an agent, both people are there to help you in the long run. It's not, you know, a quick churn and burn thing. It's okay. How can we improve your credit and make sure you're in the best possible position for this? Mm -hmm. So can you, can you talk about that a little bit? Like what you've done, like general rules of how to like general rules is, one one thing with credit cards is thirty percent rule. Um, if your credit card limit's a thousand, don't be don't be at a thousand. You know that's going to lower your score ten. You know anywhere from ten to forty points a month. You know my credit fluctuates like probably forty points a month because I max out my American Express and I pay it off every single month um, just for points. You know, but as a new person establishing credit, just don't max it out. Keep it at the thirty percent rule of what your limit is. Oftentimes, I talked to a client yesterday, and he goes, well, I just paid off everything. I can do a rescore. If you just paid off everything, I can submit stuff to the credit bureau myself, update your score manually. It takes four days to do. And your score goes from 620 to 680 in three days. And then you can use those cards again as long as you find a place within 90 days. You know, So you can do a rescore. Sometimes you have collections on credit. Um it's easy to get get them off, but it's going to take you doing some work and homework and stuff, you know, and I give that out, I define that out in the email and just state you need to do this, this and this to get these off of your credit, which will then improve your score significantly, too. Yeah, you know, there's a little I've been, you know, because I've been doing this for a long time. There's little tricks of the trade to increase your credit score. For FHA, we can go down as low as 580, you know, but if you want a conventional loan. You want to be as high as possible for credit. You know, if you're a first-time home buyer, most of the time it's FHA. 
or no yeah. money down. There's a lot, there's some great programs that don't require money down as well. You know, yeah. so um, oftentimes um, first time home buyers live paycheck to paycheck. A lot of us do anyway, too. And it's um, and it's a great idea to get into a home with no money down. You're building that equity. Yeah. And what, what are some of those programs that do no money down? Um, there's Utah Housing. There's some grant programs available right now through too, through the county. There's USDA. If you're looking in rural areas um, like Tula County, um, a Logan or like uh, Saratoga Springs, Eagle Mountain, just rural areas like that. Um, and then all the other areas, if you don't qualify for a grant, you can qualify for Utah housing if your income is below $135,000. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Yeah. Um, well, Kathy, I, I think that's all the, the questions I have for you. Cool. Um, where can where can people get a hold of you if they have questions for you? Um, Ado, uh, my, well, my phone number is 801-652-5676. Yeah. And you can always call or text me with questions. Oftentimes, it's a simple question if you have a concern on credit or if you want to get pre-qualified. I'm here to help out. Very cool. Well, thanks for joining me on Podcast 25. It's always good to get more of this information out to people and just so they can have a general understanding of it. You know, I think financial education is something that we miss in, in, in school oftentimes. Okay. Uh, probably should be in school. It should absolutely be in school. Yeah, yeah. I maxed out my credit cards, like 10 of them when I was 21. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that was back in the day. So you learn from those experiences, but it's something that, that should, should be definitely educated on when you're young so you don't do those things. Yeah. Oh, and just to, just to tell everyone before we log off, so uh, the year-over-year inflation decline from 77 to 7.1%. So that's what caused all these good news with uh, – with rates because inflation was lower. Yeah, CPI, which is awesome. So let's yeah. get you pre-qualified, get you into a home. Now's the time to buy. Okay, awesome. Thank you, Kathy. I appreciate you. you joining me. We'll check Thank you later. You. I'll talk to you soon.